And make no mistake, coaches are a product. You know, we are a product. We have to market ourselves. You'll be telling people this, I have no doubt, David, you know, when you work with them, that, you know, we're a product. We have to be clear about who we serve, how we serve them, our brand, our package, what we deliver. And a lot of people miss that, don't they? Yeah, they do. Absolutely. They get, they get stuck on what they do instead of what they deliver. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build, grow and sustain a successful coaching business. All right, coach, are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Credibility Coach Podcast, episode number 10. And this is the podcast that's dedicated to helping you grow a successful coaching business. And today, I have got a very special guest to celebrate the first milestone of this podcast, episode number 10. I'm really, really happy and excited to have made it this far. (laughs) Um, Even though it's only 10 episodes, the work that goes into bringing you these shows is immense. It um, takes almost two days out of my week just to to prepare this, to get it done and launched and, and ready to go and published to you. So... Um, For me, it's a massive personal uh, milestone to get it to episode 10. Thank you for all the kind reviews over on iTunes. I very, very much appreciate it. And if you are enjoying these podcasts, please let me know. Come over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash Facebook group to join the community over there. And also, please, please, please leave a review over on iTunes. It goes so much further than you think because without your input, without knowing that you're listening it's hard for me to to carry on delivering the content that you guys want to listen to week in, week out. So even if you just agree that everything's okay right now, just come on over to Facebook, go over to credibilitycoach.com for all of the links and just let me know. I, I don't buy it, just or, or email me david at credibilitycoach.com. Just get in touch, let me know you're out there, let me know there is a pulse out there of an audience that's listening to this podcast. Anyway, today I am joined by Julie Holmes. Julie is just a fantastic person. She started um, a corporate life in America in the 1990s as a software consultant. And over the last 20 years, she's built a track record in the business-to-business technology industry where she's been a sales rep, a product manager, a director of marketing, and she's been working at a host of companies, including the likes of Oracle and also tech startups. But now, Julie, here in the present day, even though she's from America, she lives in London for her sins. She's a coach, a consultant, and a professional speaker. And she conducts keynotes at sales, marketing, and entrepreneurial conferences around the world about the value of connecting prospects to products and the role that the entire organization actually plays in increasing revenue and growing lifetime value. She's an amazingly talented person, full of knowledge and insights, and especially around personal branding. Now, Judy was first introduced to me virtually by a good friend, And although we'd never actually met before in this episode, we just clicked. It was like our first full-blown conversation about marketing and personal branding and and things like that. And we just, it was just basically two people that were just really passionate about one subject. So we we quickly realized basically that we share so many of the same values and beliefs. Have you ever had that before where you're just having a chat with somebody and you, you just click and the conversation just flows? Well, when it came to the importance of establishing um, a personal identity and understanding your target market and knowing exactly where you fit in in the marketplace, which is exactly what my Kickstarter program does, 
Julie and I just completely agreed on all levels. So in today's episode, Julie shares so many great sites, tips and advice around establishing your personal brand and standing out in the marketplace to grow your coaching business. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm super excited about this episode and I genuinely am super excited. I'm not just saying that because that phrase is overused, especially in podcasts, right? Well, we had an absolute blast bringing you today's episode. So I really hope that you find value in it. And for the links, as usual, for everything discussed in today's show, head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash one zero or 10 credibilitycoach.com forward slash 10 for everything mentioned because there's books and stuff thrown about as well in this episode. All right, that's enough of me rambling. This is episode number 10. Have a fantastic day or evening or run or walking the dog, whatever you're doing right now. And uh, I'll speak to you very soon. But here we go. Here's the interview. All right, let's get on with the show. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast. Julie Holmes, thanks so much for taking the time out to come on to the Credibility Coach Podcast today. And I understand that you're actually at an event right now as well. So even more kudos to you for making it today. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. So what, what event are you actually at at the moment? Well, I'm actually at an event today organized by the Chatham House, and it's all about the International Policy Forum and recognizing women's role in our economic future. Wow. I mean, it sounds a little bit over my head, but um, I'm it sure... It a little over mine. There are some amazing <laughs> women here today, and it has been a really interesting event uh, to be able to kind of hear how they're trying to impact the world and how they're trying to improve the conditions for women all over the globe. It's very interesting. It's great stuff. I know that obviously you're, you know, you're a very good coach and, and you work in kind of two sides of your coaching, which is about the business leadership and women in technology. And I guess that that's also a good platform for your for the latter side of your coaching too. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing more and more conversations happening around how do you get women into the workforce but then how do you keep them there? And that's a huge challenge, particularly for technology. There's so much to cover in so little time. Um, <laughs> but let's, um, let's start a little bit right now by telling our lovely audience about you and your business in a little bit more detail, because even though you're based in London, you don't necessarily sound like you're from London. No, I'm not from London. Although, <laughs> uh, and in fact, I'm quite new to London. So I've lived here, uh, in fact, just last week was just a year for me having moved to the UK. Um, but I am an American. Um, that's a bit hard to say sometimes right about now. But I am an American, and uh, I used to live in Arizona, although I've lived all over the States. So it's, uh, it's great to be able to come to a different country, a different culture. It's great to be able to bring my background and my culture into a new area. So it's been really, really enjoyable. I do have two sides to my business. I have the part of my business where I work with organizations and with leaders of organizations around their sales and marketing strategy and helping them to think differently about how they connect their products and services to their prospects and audience. And then I also work with women tech leaders who are looking to have greater impact in their industry and in their organizations. It sounds absolutely amazing, but we didn't always just get off the plane straight into our coaching careers, did we? So what was you doing before <laughs> you you started coaching? Because that sounds really in-depth and it sounds amazing, but for, no, for, right. for, for people listening now that maybe aren't as further along in their coaching career as you are, how did that actually come about on these two these two kind of forks in the road occur for you? Well, I think for most people, it starts off, and, and certainly for me as well, is it's, you know, what was I, you know, what was I doing beforehand? And for me, I have been working in the tech industry for the last 20 years. 
So I've worked for both large companies like Oracle and smaller startup companies. And I worked in product strategy and in consultancy services and in sales and marketing. So I've kind of worked my way around in that whole industry, which has been a great kind of teething ring to learn how an industry works. When you can do so many different varied jobs, you get a lot of perspective. And to me, that's a real attribute in coaching is to have that breadth of perspective. It gives you a new way to work with people and to see things from their viewpoint as opposed to just your own. So yeah, I had 20 years of um, experience in the technology industry working in a variety of different roles. Most recently, I was the director of product strategy for an international software company. You, you've got all of this wealth of experience, um, you know, that, that commands, that if we're being honest, that commands good salary packages, in, especially yeah. more in the corporate world. Why did you want to go on and become a coach? Do you know, it's funny. It's, um, I think, you know, I'd love to say that I'm like 21, but I'm not 21 years old anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I think what happens for, at least for some of us, myself particularly, is you do hit a point in your career where you think, you know what, this has been great. I've done a lot for myself and I've built up my career. And it's kind of amazing when you realize that you're at a position that you can start to help other people do the same thing. Yeah. So the ability to be able to help other businesses grow where their products and services to the next level and for them to think bigger about what they deliver. And for women that I work with to be able to take their careers to the next level. I mean, I've been so lucky to have worked with some truly spectacular people over the last 20 years. And I wanted to be that person for others. So in that essence, it gives me a level of freedom. And I'm also a professional speaker. So it allows me to juggle those very parts of what I love to do. So I get a lot of flexibility in being a coach. And then at the same time, I get a lot of personal reward from doing it. So that's kind of what led me to do it. And if I'm good at it, it shouldn't be a pay cut. I completely agree with you. On that note, when we'll come, we'll hold that thought on on the on the pay levels and how we get clients and how we grow, etc. But what what was it like actually jumping from this successful career into starting a coaching business from scratch? Now you may have obviously had contacts when you jumped ship and, and started your coaching, but talk us through that a little bit. Like, what was it actually? Like, what was the experience like for you? Well, if I can be really frank, it sucked. <laughs> it was awful. Um, you know, it was amazing to me. I went from being, and I think many of us are naive to be fair, but I, you know, I went from being, you know, quite a, you know, I, I had good name recognition. I was well known in my, in my organization, certainly, but even in my industry, I was well known. And all of a sudden I was back to starting from scratch. And mm. I don't know why I thought that I would be able to just take all of that notoriety or all of that expertise and all that everything with me. People that used to just line up to talk to me, all of a sudden when you start your own business, you know, the phone goes really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so it, it was hard. That was the, you know, I, I'd love to say that I knew all these people. And so it was just this really easy, smooth transition. It wasn't it absolutely was a big shock for me. You know, we all go through these challenges and I think Absolutely. we don't just have one, let's face it, you know, they can crop up at any time. Do any stand out in your mind of, of, you know, the biggest challenge you've had so far or the low point? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, what's, what's been the hardest thing is that, and I'm sure that there are other listeners today that have experienced a similar, a similar issue, which is that I am the sole source of income for my family. 
So mm -hmm. I'm married and I have two kids and I am the working parent. And so that means that there's an inordinate amount of pressure on me as that primary breadwinner um, to deliver the goods, to, to earn the paycheck, to make sure that we've got money in the bank. And I was, um, that was definitely one of the biggest challenges was realizing that switching businesses like that, I needed to have a better plan um, to ease that transition financially rather than just going, right, well, I'm going to stop working full time and getting this really reliable paycheck. And now I'm going to start do something that is hugely variable and I'm going to have to build this business at the same time that I'm no longer earning that really great paycheck. So for me, the biggest challenge was, or what I still think the biggest challenge is, is finding that overlap of how do you ease yourself into this business so that you don't give yourself a financial culture shock. And that's a, a point very, very well made, Julie. And I'm sure lots of people will be able to relate to that. Now I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a new dad. I've got a, uh, my son's like turns one at the time of recording this in uh, next week, actually. So I'm very much experiencing the same thing in mm. terms of that realization that, hang on a minute, there's a lot of pressure on me here. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, lot riding on this. Um, and yeah, it's, it's how we choose to deal with that pressure and where we channel that energy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so you identified that, that obviously you had this massive challenge in your hands and you had that pressure. How do you actually go about overcoming not just the, the financial side of that pressure, but also for your mental health as well to, to keep going, to keep the drive and, and to grow your business? Well, I've done a couple of things um, that have worked pretty well. So from a financial perspective, I um, brought consulting into my business. So instead of just relying on coaching and professional speaking, which are my two primary revenue goals, so they're where I want to spend my time, mm -hmm. um, I brought consultancy into my product line. So I will go in and work with companies for, you know, anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks. I will, you know, set up retainer agreements with these companies. And what that does, um, particularly the retainer agreements, is that it gives me a, a level of consistency without having to completely give up my autonomy and my flexibility as a coach and a speaker. So no, that's been a huge way to deal with the financial pressure. And of course, you know, it's, it's not what I want to be doing 100% of the time, but on the flip side of that, it does generate some coaching revenue as I, you know, build my network and I meet people. And it also gives me a lot more experience and exposure, um, even just where I live and the people that I work with. So that's how I handled it from a financial perspective. From a personal perspective, um, I really had to sit down with my husband and, you know, we had to agree to, to come at this as a team, you know, and, and I, it, was a, it was a lot of really pointed conversations, you know, even, and it, and it happens still. So I don't want anybody to think that, you know, whenever you get to a certain point in your career, you have to, you get to stop having these conversations, you know, just, just this last weekend, or I should say last week, and then over the weekend, um, I was approached and offered, again, a, a great corporate job, you know, heading up, uh, you know, a department for a multinational, you know, software company. And, you know, you kind of, ooh, I don't know, that's a lot of security. Ooh, that's really <laughs> tempting. And, you know, I sat down with my husband and I said, look, I've been approached for this. And he said, but, you know, 
I support what you're doing. You know, and it's okay if we eat into our savings or it's okay if this takes another year to get where you want it to go. And it's okay if this happens because this is our window of time to do that. And so making sure that I'm communicating with my family about what I'm doing and why I'm working so hard and what it's worth to me and what it means to me has really lifted the pressure because now that's not just my burden. Now we're a team and, you know, that makes everything much more much less stressful by communicating yeah absolutely yeah and i really appreciate you sharing that insight and i'm sure that everybody listening now will and again i'm sure people can relate i know that i can relate sitting here listening to you uh when you're talking through it i'm just seeing my own life or it's all like a mirror because without communicating without that support around you it almost well i'm not gonna say it's impossible but i think it makes it a little bit easier in quotations when you have that sort of support and as well a lot of people don't communicate very well yeah. or they feel like it's a burden on the other person in the relationship so they tend to hold that back and but the lesson I learned pretty quickly is that once I did actually start to communicate it actually released the pressure a little bit and actually allowed me to make more progress have you found that at all? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I was really, um, so I'm, as an American, I'm married to a Brit. And it's, it's interesting to me how we communicate so differently. And that's culturally, not just gender wise, but culturally, we communicate differently. We Americans, we love to talk. Um, the Brits, I'm not sure about you guys, you always seem to kind of be a little bit reticent and sharing all of that. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I would say to my husband is, you know, here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to hit these low points. And I was so clear about it with him. I'm going to hit these low points where I am going to doubt myself and I'm going to come to you and I need you to hear me out and I need you to be supportive and I need you to help me get through it. And so sometimes I just need you to say, do you know what? It's okay. It's okay that you have doubts right now. Don't worry about it. You know, I, you know, are you doing everything in your power to be successful? And his statement to me was, as long as you're doing everything you can to be successful, I can never ask any more from you than that. Amazing. Yeah. And that's, that, I mean, just having that kind of, here's, here's what the standard of success looks like to him. So as long as I can look him in the eye and say, do you know what? I am doing everything I can. And he says, if you're doing that and we fail, we collectively as a family, if this venture doesn't work out and we decide to go do something else, that's fine because we did everything we could to make it a success. That's amazing. And what's your, what's your husband's name? Paul. Paul. Well, Paul sounds like a very noble gentleman. He's a good guy. I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> All right, so let's get away from them challenges, right? Yep. We, we have to talk about them. It, you know, it's part of what we do. But let's move on to the, to the more fun stuff. So let's talk about your light bulb moment or moments in your coaching business. Um, and obviously, this rolls into other areas of your business as well, because I appreciate, yep. like you said, you don't just do coaching. But what, when you, you just jumped ship and you, you'd started off as a coach, um, and a consultant, etc. But what was the real takeoff moment for you? When did you start to realize, okay, I can do this, and and it's and it's taken a good turn now? I think there's a lot of. Um, I almost look at it a bit like a heartbeat monitor. You know, you kind of have these little, little, little jumps, and then all of a sudden you go, ah, oh, there's an aha moment. Oh, okay. 
yeah. then you kind of come back down again and aha moment again. <laughs> and so what happens to me is I don't know that there's ever, unless you're like discovered, um, I don't know that there's ever this one big moment, at least there hasn't been in my career. There's been a lot of things that helped me kind of get up just a little bit to the next level or I'll get a spike and then I'll settle back down again and then I'll go a little ways and I'll get another spike and I'll come down just a little bit. And, and so it's this constant upward set of spikes that helps me to grow my business. Um, so they happen all over the place. And I think one of the things that we should all be doing as coaches, and I hope that your listeners will take this to heart too, is that we should be recognizing these little accomplishments along the way. Because if you're waiting for that one big aha moment, then you might not see it. And then you won't recognize the progress that you're making. And that progress is what's going to get you to success in the long run. So for me, it was things like the first time somebody recommended me. Mm. You know, the first time somebody recommended me, to me, that was like, that was an aha moment. That was the moment where I went, not only did I help this person, I helped them enough that they told somebody else about me. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Oh, that's, I mean, that's just a huge pat on the back, right? That's a big <laughs> spike right there. But it isn't, it isn't like I was discovered on YouTube and all of a sudden I'm, you know, a millionaire <laughs> on X Factor. But those are the kinds of things. So there was the moment somebody recommended me. There was um, the moment that um, somebody wrote me that, you know, you get these fantastic kind of thank you emails or these kind of messages back that say, do you know what? I've, I will look at things differently because of you. I was working with a woman, for example, um, who was looking to, to kind of take a bit more ownership in her career. And I remember her contacting me the day after we spoke and she said, you know, I thought about what you said and I went to my boss this morning and here's what I said to my boss and we've restructured my role in the organization all because of the conversation we had yesterday. So her entire future is potentially going to be significantly different because of one conversation with me. Yeah. And to me, every single one of those is a spike. That's every single one of those is an aha that I'm on the right track, that I'm making the impact that I want to make. So I look at all the little ones as examples. Well, I mean, I think you've just put that brilliantly. So thank you for sharing that. And it's very clear the way that you've articulated that. And, and again, I completely agree with you. I'd like to, if, if I may just come back to that, sure. the point that you made around when you started to realize that you were being referred, uh, people were referring to you. Um, what, what do you think caused that to start happening? Obviously I know the value that you, that you're delivering, um, you know, that goes without saying, but why do you think that people started to refer people to you? Well, I think the number one reason that people refer is because they can see who they should refer you to. <laughs> so it's, um, I was really lucky if, if, um, if I may make a book recommendation to your listeners, if you've ever um, been interested in, in like how referrals and recommendations work, um, there's a great book called Recommended by Andy Lapata. And he's a, he's a guy that I actually know here in London. And I read his book and it's all about kind of referral marketing and, and building a referral network and things like that. But it's great because it talks about how do you set people up to refer you? And so when I read that book, another one of my aha moments, I was like, oh, I could be doing this better. So it was things like, you know, being able to say to somebody, do you know what? I work with women in technology 
who want to be more confident and have more control and impact in their professional lives. So just yeah. being clear with that one sentence or, you know, the, the sentences about, you know, I have a sentence for how I help companies with marketing and sales and how I help business leaders and how I help women in technology. Those sentences help people to know, ah, I know somebody like that. Turns out my neighbor is somebody who is a woman in technology that wants to have more impact at work. She was just talking about that. Do you know what? I need to connect her with you. So that clarity about who I serve and what I do for those people and how I help them, that helps me get referred. And that's an amazing point as well, Julie, because everything that, that I do in my coaching business, so obviously I'm a marketing coach and I work with coaches and that's the whole reason why this Credibility Coach podcast came about was to be able to share them nuggets of information like and the point that you've just raised is exactly in line with, um, and for everyone listening, we didn't know this moment was going to come. This is not a pre-planned moment. Yeah. Um, you know, about understanding your identity as a coach. Yep. Um, and that's everything that I do. Um, so that's like how I work with coaches. I help coaches find that identity and understand what their value proposition actually is. And you touched on it perfectly. And one, it's once you know that identity of who you are, you, basically, the point I'm making is you can't expect other people yeah. to understand what you do and where you fit in if you don't understand it yourself. Absolutely. And they can't refer you to everyone. That's no. the real thing. So they can't, you know, you can't say, hey, do you know, I want you to go find me anyone on the street and refer them to me. Because, yeah. you know, they're, they're putting themselves on the line when they make a referral. So they have to know that you're the right person to connect with their friend, their colleague, their neighbor. And, and to your point, I mean, this is, you know, this is what us marketing and sales people do is we make sure that we can make the connection between this product or service and, and make no mistake, coaches are a product. You know, we are a product. We have to market ourselves. You'll be telling people this. I have no doubt, David, you know, when you work with them that, you know, we're a product. We have to be clear about who we serve, how we serve them, our brand, our package, what we deliver. And a lot of people miss that, don't they? Yeah, they do. Absolutely. They get, they get stuck on what they do instead of what they deliver. Yes. You know, they, they, you know I, I talk to people. Well, that's really great. I talk to people too, but why should I hire you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, on that moment, um, on that point as well, is that a lot of coaches I, that I've worked with and, and spoken with, like you, is in the hundreds, promote their expertise first rather than try and build that trust and, and how they help. They, they go straight for the tool set rather than tackling the problem. You know, and then that causes that misalignment of where they fit in because it's like, oh, you know, I do this, I do that, I'm certified here, and I do this and the other. And, and the, the, the person on the other end is thinking to themselves, oh, brilliant, you know, you've got a great tool set, but how does that actually help me and how are you actually going to help me? I think that's a great point. In fact, I have a... One of my coaches, um, she often talks about that, um, a woman by the name of Claire Boyles, and she talks about that as being, you know, me, me, me marketing, you know, like, <laughs> I'm great, I'm this, I'm amazing, I'm so smart, you know, and everybody's thinking, yeah, but what about me? You know, Absolutely. what? If, how are you going to help me? I don't need to know what you've accomplished, I need to know what you're going to help me accomplish. So it's focusing on the people that you're working with as opposed to yourself. Absolutely. I, I think we could actually talk about this part all day, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we probably could. <laughs> the 
This is the point of the podcast that I get most feedback on. Mm-hmm. So people are messaging me all the time on social media, emailing me and stuff like that, wanting to know more about this subject area. And I run a poll on what our listeners would like to hear more of on the podcast and the marketing element just crops up constantly and it came out top by far. Yep. So this is the point where we can talk about your marketing and, and how you went from corporate into coaching and actually use marketing to grow your business and how you use it now. Obviously, you're very experienced in marketing and sales. You know, you speak about it. You, it's your job as well. So I'm really intrigued myself to hear your insights and um, your tips and tricks in this section. So let's start with the holy grail question, shall we? Um, how do you get coaching clients? Well, okay. So the, the holy grail question I'll answer first. How do I get coaching <laughs> clients? I primarily get coaching clients through word of mouth. So through mm-hmm. referrals. That is the number one way that I get coaching clients. The second way that I get coaching clients is through speaking engagements. So when I go and speak at an event, I will often get people that say, wow, what you said really resonated with me. How could I work with you more? Mm. So that's the second way. Um, And then I will occasionally get coaching clients and other business clients through, you know, more of a a straight kind of web search. They'll come across my webpage or they will have connected with me through um, social media plugs from events that I'm at. So just kind of being out and present at different events and things like that that happen, then people connect with me through Twitter, LinkedIn, occasionally Facebook. Facebook isn't my primary means. Um, and, uh, you know, or they'll come to my website or contact me by email. Excellent. And so how have you found um, like social media? How has that worked for you? Well, it's interesting. I, I want to throw out there, I guess, even before that, that, you know, my background is in B2B marketing, which is quite different than B2C marketing. Yeah. Um, it's conceptually the same, but implementation wise, quite different. And of course I went from having a, a, a department of marketing resources and expertise at my disposal to having me as my marketing <laughs> department. And so it was a, you know, and to this day, I'm still trying to find that, you know, that automation and that way that I can keep all of my marketing efforts ticking along because what we have to be careful of is that we have to always be selling. It's actually what I talk about in sales and marketing. We have to always be selling ourselves even when we're delivering because as soon as we stop selling ourselves, let's say we've got five, 10, 15 coaching clients. We're really happy with them right now. Um, and we've got our plate is full. As soon as we lose two, three or four or five of those coaching clients for whatever reason, they move on, whatever happens. Well, we've got a lead time. So we have to keep that marketing engine running all the time. So that's one challenge. So from a social media perspective, that's the big way that I try to keep that engine ticking along is through social media and then through the events that I, that I speak at and attend. So from a social media perspective, um, I primarily focus on LinkedIn and Twitter. I do have a Facebook page. I need to get better about doing more on my Facebook page. Um, but again, because I work primarily in the corporate space, Facebook isn't where I see the majority of that happening. Uh, so LinkedIn and Twitter are my two primary platforms that I work with. That's interesting. That's, that's, a, that's good to hear. So let's just jump back a little bit. You know, you started at the top with, about referrals. We've just covered that in a, a little bit of detail, but let's talk about speaking. Now I know a lot of coaches that either aspire to be a successful speaker 
or are currently speaking at more low-key events and workshops, yeah. maybe in joint joint partnerships, joint ventures with banks and strategic alliances like that. So how did you get into speaking and how do you get your speaking gigs? So I have always been a speaker. Um, so interestingly enough, and this is where you kind of go, you have a degree in what? <laughs> uh, I have a degree in public speaking. Uh, <laughs> you can believe that. I, my bachelor's is in speech communication and then I have a master's in communication, which clearly leads nicely into coaching and into marketing and sales. So I've always been a speaker. And then from my corporate days, I was always kind of an evangelist for our company and evangelist for our products and our services. So the easiest way I think for everybody to think about what speakers are, speakers are evangelists. You know, they have an idea or a belief. They have a way to package that idea or belief up to serve it to an audience that can take action on it. So they're educating, inspiring, and giving actionable delivery information to their audience. So that's what a speaker is. Um, how do I find speaking gigs? I, again, referrals is a great way to find speaking gigs. Speakers will often refer other speakers. So I'll go and speak at an event and um, I'll say, do you know what? Have you lined up your speaker for your next event? Because I know two or three amazing people that would really connect with this audience. So referrals is a great way. The other way is to, to think about who you serve and how they would need to find you. So I was having a great conversation recently uh, with uh, another marketing and sales professional um, who's a professional speaker as well. And she said, you know what, your message is ideal for sales kickoff meetings and for, you know, technology open house days or technology all hands on deck days. So, for example, um, I'm speaking in a couple of, I think about a month from now, I'm speaking to a company-wide meeting for a technology company. And I'll be speaking to them about how they value their customers and how they connect better with their customers and connect their products and services to those customers. And from that will be opportunities to coach. Yeah, naturally. It's like a big sales funnel really, isn't it? It is absolutely a big sales funnel. And it can kind of look at it in two ways. So some people will do you know, they'll almost kind of pay to play where they might pay for a speaking engagement. So you'd pay to be able to go and pitch to an audience or um, I would even consider it pay to play if you're not getting paid to speak. So if you're, you know, you're just going and speaking for free, we might call that showcasing um, mm -hmm. so that you can sell from the stage and sell from the stage could be you've got a book or you've got a program. Um, it could also just be your services. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going to pitch myself as a coach. Um, a lot of times I'll use speaking as a way to vet my programs. So for example, I've done several presentations here in London um, called the confidence equation. And it's specifically for women, professional women, about how they can leverage confidence um, as an equation. So if you're feeling less than confident, you can do these five things to increase your confidence. So I would go out and do that several times for free. Um, it'll, of course, garner me coaching clients, but I'll go out and do that for free because what I want to do is to test my messaging and to see what works with my audience. So if I'm trying to pitch to professional women, what connects with them? What part did they really get? What didn't they get? And that will help me to hone my marketing in other areas as well. I mean, that is just great to hear and I really appreciate you sharing it. Now, for everyone listening right now, you always hear me harbor on about creating value up front, paying it forward creating that, um, that, building that trust with your audience by sharing value, which opens up conversations, which opens up opportunities, opens up doors. And 
Julie, what you're what you're referring to right there is that even if the the speaking gig is not a paid gig, get in the car, get on the train, on the plane, take the opportunity if you're in that position where you can, because in turn it will actually build that trust up, build that respect up, and ultimately open up opportunities. Right? Absolutely, and it's a value exchange. So a lot of people think that money is the only value that you can get from a speaking engagement or from any activity, and it's absolutely not. So, you know, we've often, like I sit down and I make a value list. So I'll say, here's the things that are valuable to me. Um, You know, things like, you know, professional photos, um, videos, if I'm speaking, Um, it might be introductions, it might be recommendations, you know, as I build my LinkedIn recommendations, as I, whatever it is that I need, those things all are, are valuable to me. You know, one of my coaches actually puts a dollar sign against each one of those. So when he's looking at an engagement, you know, he'll say, right, uh, yeah, that's worth that much to me. So I'll speak at a discounted fee or I'll waive my fee. And then, of course, it's also valuing your altruistic side. So there are certain organizations that I really believe in and I am happy to donate my time to support. And to me, that's another set of value that I get from that. That's another source of value. What advice would you have, Julie, for coaches that are listening right now that want to get into speaking? And what you've just discussed sounds you know, really attractive. Mm. How, what, how, what would you advise people that are just starting out, not as a coach necessarily, but want to expand yeah. into that area? Well, for speaking, there's really two great angles to take. If you're looking on how to speak better, so I want to be a better speaker, I'm not confident as a speaker, so you want to build that skill set of speaking, then Toastmasters is amazing. So, and it's, you know, costs virtually nothing and you'll get a ton out of it. And you'll actually, again, start to build your network. So Toastmasters is a great angle for that. As soon as you want to start speaking as a means of earning money or as um, as part of your revenue stream or as part of a way to build your brand and earn money off of the back of speaking, then I suggest joining one of the professional speaking associations. So in the UK, it's the PSA. So for example, I'm a committee member for the Professional Speaking Association of London. Um, In the States, it's the National Speakers Association. So there's these national um, speaking organizations all over the world, all part of the Global Speakers Federation. Those organizations will have meetings once a month at regional locations. They'll have a national conference. For example, I'm speaking at our national conference in October, um, talking about marketing and differentiation. So that's the place to go to learn more about how to take speaking as a revenue stream and a business generator for you. What's the one thing really that's exciting you most about your coaching business today? Impact. The ability to have impact for other people. And are you, do you mean in their, in their businesses or do you mean personally as well or both? I think it's both. You know, for, for so many of us that, are, that have made our livelihoods through corporate America, the relationship between our organizational success and our personal success, particularly when you're talking about leaders, which is who I work with, um, it's so intertwined. It's so intertwined. So you know, that kind of impact, being able to, to help them see things in a different way that will impact their organization and therefore their sense of personal satisfaction and sense of personal success, that's really powerful to me and that keeps me going every day. 
Well, yeah, because my next question was going to be is how do you stay motivated and driven? But it sounds like that yes. by the impact that you're making is actually is driving you. It is. And I think there's other things that we can do too is we can, you know, here's just a little tip. And it's one of the things that I do with my, you know, when I talk to women about confidence particularly is I'll tell them to keep, you know, keep a positive list. So here's all the positive feedback that you get. You know, keep that all in one place. So on the days where you're feeling less than confident about what, you know, what you're delivering to people or, oh my gosh, my business is such a struggle right now, or I don't know if I'm really making a difference. You've kind of got that little pat on the back box. You know, you've got this box of pat on the backs and you can just go in at any time and go, oh, look, I helped this person get a new job. Oh, well done me. You know, oh, look, you know I, you know, this person was really thinking about, you know, giving up and, and going back to doing whatever they were doing before because they were scared. And I, and I helped them to find a way around that. Oh, well done me. You know, so you give yourself a bunch of pat on the back, but you don't forget those things. We, we're so quick to move on to the next thing, but we should take that positive feedback forward with us everywhere we go. And I suppose having your own coach as well or coaches or mentors is going to help you have their moments too. Absolutely. I have, uh, I have two coaches and two mastermind groups. So talk about, uh, you know, I've kind of got my plate full with that, but the truth <laughs> is that every one of them offers me something distinctly different. And so when I look at what I'm good at and where my strengths are, then I also have to look at where I struggle and then find people that can help me bolster in the same way people would hire us to do that. You know, I know that I'm not perfect in every angle and I need people that will help me in certain areas of my business and my personal life. And, you know, it doesn't matter how, you know, you, you just, you have to have that support network. I firmly believe that. How important do you think it is to have a coach at any level of, of your coaching business? Um, how important do you think it is to have that? Do you think that you could get to where you are today without having that resource? No, of course not. No, absolutely not. I would, uh, in fact, I wouldn't have gotten even where I am now. I would have given up. I would have given up. I would have given up. I would have gone back to corporate America. Um, in fact, I imagine if I didn't have my coaches, I would still have that same thought. You know, every, you know, probably once every couple of months. Oh, I don't know. This all feels a bit hard. Oh, I'm not sure. You know, and they're there to provide that mirror. You know, we can't see ourselves clearly. And it's, it's interesting to me. I do meet people that, uh, that are coaches and they don't have a coach. And I kind of have to tilt my head a little bit and go, hmm, so how mm. sure are you that people need a coach? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're making an argument that people should work with you because they need a coach. What makes you so special that you don't need one? So I think that's, um, I think it's imperative, required. Completely agree with you. I guess let me add too, because I know that because you work with coaches, um, I, I guess I want to add one more thing and it's that you can have coaches for different things. So I have a business coach who helps me formulate my business and challenges me around my business and listens to me talk about my business. And then I have a coach that works with me in my professional speaking and how do I take my professional speaking to the next level? So if you have multiple areas of your business, you might have multiple coaches and that's, that's Right. Because coaches, just like we are, bring different things to the table. And so you want to work with the right people that are going to help you achieve your goals in each part of your business, whatever that business strategy looks like for you. 
Completely agree. And, and back in episode two, when we spoke to uh, Peter Balker, um, who's a business coach, a very successful business coach, mm-hmm. he actually suggests in his trainings and his coaching and his workshops to actually get a psychotherapist too. Okay. For people that, people that are coming out of a corporate job or a demanding um, senior position and becoming a business coach, he actually recommends seeing a psychotherapist, um, basically an experienced counsellor, to actually help deal with that transition as well. It's like another form of, of coaching, I suppose, to, 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 to get your mindset right when you start that journey. I, I could absolutely see that. You know, we have to be thinking differently. None of us started as a coach. We all came from some other place, and then we found coaching as the next step in our journey. In that respect, anytime you have change, there's the opportunity for that change to to traumatize you, right? Or to, or to kind of hold you back or to impact you physically, emotionally. You know, you and I talked about, you know, having to be able to, to deal with the financial strain, the emotional strain, um, and making sure that you're in a good position to deal with that. Yeah, I could absolutely see where that would be valuable. Okay, so this is what I call the lightning round. I, should, I really should have some sort of lightning sound effect here, <laughs> make it more of a game show. Basically, they're quick fire questions, so you don't have to worry about giving a, a long, elaborate answer or anything. There's no pressure. It's just quick fire, um, one, one or two word answers, and there's just a, uh, a few questions here to run through. So are you ready, Julie Holmes? I am ready, David. Okay. What was holding you back from growing your coaching business? Lack of clarity about who I served and what I delivered for them. And what is the best advice you have ever received about coaching? Be clear about who you serve and what you do for them. (laughs) I'll let you have that one. (laughs) Do you have a tool or resource like Evernote, for example, that you're in love with, that you use all the time that you'd love to share with our listeners? I'm currently in love with Social Jukebox. Oh, okay. I've not heard of this one. What's this one? Uh, Social Jukebox is a, a tool where you can load up hundreds of tweets or posts, and then it will automatically post them randomly to keep your social media ticking over while you go out and run your business. Amazing. It sounds like it's a competitor of Meet Edgar, if you've ever heard of that. Tool. It is. It is like Meet Edgar, yes. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite business book? Now, I know you mentioned one before. Maybe you could just remind us of what that one was. But if you've got any others that you'd like to add, then shoot. Um, I think my favorite business book is Recommended by Andy Lapata. Um, and then there's another great book, which is called The Exceptional Speaker by Alan Stevens and Paul Dutrois. Amazing. Thank you. And f- awesome. again, for everybody that's listening, as usual, any links to resources that Julie or I have mentioned in this episode will be available at credibilitycoach.com forward slash one zero. This is episode number 10, of course. Um, and Julie, the final question here is who inspires you in business? Oh, I have to give the cheeky answer. Everyone. <laughs> So it's one of the things that I talk about with people, but it's what I do, which is that I'm an observer. So mm-hmm. it is my personal challenge to find something inspirational in every single person that I meet. And I don't mean that in a fluffy, like, oh, they were a nice way. I mean, like, oh, I really liked how this person did this or talked to this person or answered this question. And I will take away something from that. And I will use that to improve my service and my business. 
And that is a very good answer. <laughs> Thank you. It's not a complete cop out. Thank you. <laughs> who, who have you met on the speaking circuit um, of note, like in a business leadership um, standpoint, that, that's really stood out to you as a as a great person? Do you know? I've actually um, I actually just saw a woman by the name of Fiona Hudson Kelly, and she is a CEO of a software company, and she was really inspirational to me. And in fact, I'm doing some work with her coming up, but she. Um, she is a mother of four and basically had kind of, you know, financially hit rock bottom and then turned that around to create a, you know, multi-million dollar software company. That to me is inspirational. It's when you Very. can hit the bottom and come back up again and do that all with competing personal and professional demands, you know, and amidst all of that, of course, as a divorce and, you know, I mean, it, her story is really spectacular in my opinion. But that, to me, is inspirational. Yeah, what was her name again? Fiona Hudson Kelly. I'll get that in the show notes for sure. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So where can people go to connect with you, Julie? Now, you mentioned that you're on social media and, you know, you're, oh. you, you've got all of these different things going on. But where, <laughs> where's the best place that people can actually go to connect with you? One, to follow what you do and two, to connect with you for any business opportunities. Well, the easy place, of course, is my website, which is julieholmes.com. And then from a social media perspective, I use the Julie Holmes. So my Twitter handle is Julie, the Julie Holmes. My LinkedIn profile is the Julie Holmes. And that's another good tip for your listeners um, is get consistency. People like consistency. They want to be able to find you. Uh, so that's where you can find me, juliehomes.com or the Julie Holmes on Twitter. Thank you. And how are you spelling your surname there? Like Sherlock. H-O-L-M-E-S. <laughs> Perfect. Right, well, I've really, really enjoyed this interview, Julie. I, I mean, I really appreciate it. It's not an interview, it's a chat. It's a chat, right? It is. Um, oh, it's been great, David. I've loved it. Two people talking about something they feel passionate about, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time. You know, like I said at the start, you're at an event too, so I appreciate you fitting this in. Um, let's leave our lovely listeners with a final thought or a final piece of advice from yourself, and that is... What advice do you have for any coaches that are listening right now that are just starting out or they're really struggling to grow their coaching business and they just, they feel like maybe they should go back to corporate or maybe they should go to something else or they're having them struggles at home because of the impact that it's having. What, what parting advice could you give to, to those coaches right now? Oh, there's so many pieces of advice. Let me, I'll pick a couple if I could. Um, sure, of so course. The yeah. first piece of advice I have is to know that it takes time. We would love to think that change can happen overnight, but it doesn't. And that was really hard for me to, to kind of, I wish that I had had my head wrapped around that earlier on in my journey, that it will take me a year or two years to build my business. And still I'm building my business every day. So it takes time. So don't expect things to happen overnight and don't be hard on yourself when they don't, because they don't happen overnight. The second piece of advice is, and we've touched on this a little bit about knowing who you serve, but sit and write it down. Write down who you serve and, and do tell your audience, um, you know, again, it's not the kind of thing that I, you know, that I coach on or that I deliver, but if any of them want to reach out and, um, you know, I have a propositioning, a propositioning, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I have a positioning statement template. Um, that I uh, work with when I go and donate my time to speak to speaking organizations. But I'm happy to share that with them. Just have them drop me a note, ask for it. 
and I'll give them this, this one sheet of paper and it will help you position yourself and be clear about how to position yourself. Really the goal is, is make sure that you know who you actually serve, why you're different than anybody else that they should work with, what makes you uniquely qualified to work with them. And I don't mean what makes you great for them to work with. I mean, what makes you different from everybody else that they could work with so that you're really clear about your value. Because if you aren't clear about your value, then you can't maintain your value when you have a pricing conversation with somebody. So it's important to be clear about what makes you valuable and different to your target market. And it's all about that. If you can nail that, then you will have a clear platform to stand on and that will help you succeed in this business. Absolutely amazing advice from somebody that's very clearly experienced and knows exactly what they're talking about. Thank you, Judy Holmes. I very much appreciate you taking the time out today. It was my pleasure, David. Thank you so much for having me. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast. All right, guys. So there we go. The lovely Julie Holmes. She's such a fantastic person. So helpful, so insightful, so experienced. She's been there and done it and so open and frank to just share those struggles, you know, the challenges that we all go through as coaches. And for people to come on to this podcast and share with you those personal insights about how hard it is. This is the reality of coaching. And if you're going through that yourself, you're not alone. And that's another reason why this podcast exists, because working on our own can be a very lonely thing to do. And if we're not communicating, like Julie said, like other guests have said, if we're not communicating with the loved ones around us or our wider support network, then that can be tragic for us, for our mental health, for our drive and determination to keep going. If you're struggling with anything, talk about it. Now, for all of the resources mentioned in today's episode, including social media tools and books, and also that free positioning statement that Julie very kindly offered to share with you, just head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash one zero, the number 10, and all of the links are right there, including links to Julie's website. You really should connect with her on LinkedIn and I'll put the LinkedIn um address over there too so wherever you are in the world guys thank you so much for listening i really really do appreciate you joining myself and julie today on the credibility coach podcast have a wonderful day or evening or morning or whatever time it is wherever you are right now and i look forward to seeing you next week where i've got two very special guests on the podcast a little duo from canada until then take care and happy coaching across the world or is it just certain countries that you do this in no i do it across the world across the world i've spoken on five continents um and uh i'm still looking for south america so <laughs> if there are any listeners in south america please call me i'd really like to hit south america in the next calendar year okay i'll make sure that our uh, our promotions go out to South America specifically for this episode how does that sound I love it yep I'm definitely up so Rio de Janeiro call me